as if no one has ever had a terrible face-to-face -face class experience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like we're holding this up as the gold standard. Mm -hmm. It's like to, to imagine that online learning is some kind of monolith, that every online learning experience is the mm -hmm. same. Well, do you expect every face-to-face -face learning experience to be the same? No, of course not. Yeah. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Richard Mao has a wonderful book titled The Life of the Mind. It's a short but important book, and I encourage you to read it. Chapter 11 in that book is one that I've read many times. It's titled Safe Spaces for Playing Around. And in that chapter, Mao says, quote, safe spaces are essential for intellectual explorations. Mao then goes on to share a vignette of having a hallway conversation with a colleague that often concluded with the colleague stating, well, I have to go back to my office to play around with a few ideas. I think those lines capture what we're trying to do here with hallway conversations. We're trying to create safe space for all of us to learn together and play around with a few ideas. And it's our deep hope that you might be encouraged to go back to your classroom, your staff, or hallway and think more deeply about these things. If you're new to hallway conversations, one of us brings a question and we explore some of our thinking. Better yet, as much as we enjoy bringing our own questions, we relish getting questions from listeners. So we'd like to hear from you. Please email us or send us a recording of your question. We'll do our best to play around in the sandbox with it. Send your questions to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave, this morning I do think we have a question from one of our listeners, we so do. why don't you share that? All right. This um, came to us via email from Alex Van Dunkersgood, and Alex's question is this. In the pandemic, we suddenly saw schools scrambling to operate online. Many schools were not truly ready for this. When you look at the role of online in the realm of education, what do you see as its place in the fabric of what schools do? Wow. Yeah. So as I read that question, I'm going back to my last year as an elementary school principal oh, yeah. when the pandemic broke out. Mm -hmm. And so when Alex says schools were not ready, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. how, how could we have been ready? Like, Maybe there's actually, and maybe there's an answer to how could we have been ready. Yeah, yeah. I just know we were not. We were not. Yeah. And yet, mm. so just to give you a bit of my context, that whole pandemic broke out in spring of 2020. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, the time and we changed. and we were we were just heading into spring break as a school, and I can remember meeting as a leadership team and with different people um, teach, sending emails to teachers, we basically had, we were, we were blessed for lack of a better word with the gift of time um, over spring break to get things ready. And it was, it was a crazy time. It was an emotional time. Um, it took a, the yeah. physical and mental demands of that time, trying to wrap your head around what was going on with our work, what was going on with our personal lives. Um, and I guess just as I hear that question, the first thing that I, I want to say is acknowledge we, I can say that we weren't ready, but we got ready. And in talking to other principals and school teachers about even that time in the last year and a half, I, th I think it's important to say as hard as it has been, like I'm so proud oh, of yeah. the work yeah. 
that so many school teachers have done. And that's why I think if I think about, oh, like, how effective it is, I'm not even thinking about the, I'm just thinking, well done, everybody. It's been an an exhausting time. And so I want to say that in a non-judgmental way. Way to go, everyone. This is the most unique time, at least in my career, Lord willing, we never see anything like it again yeah. once we're through it. But wow, like I just think hats off, everyone, well yeah. done. That, that said, though, you're kind of like, I hope we never have to see it. Like, I hope we never have to see this kind of scramble ever again. Right. But, but I wonder about this. And in response to Alex's question, right? So my field is ed tech and uh, online teaching and learning is one of my areas of focus. One of the things that I, if I know some things about something, this is one of the yeah. things I know. Yeah. But, but I, I always want to say to people who, if, if they're making judgments about online learning based on their pandemic experience, that was not online learning, at least not the way it's supposed to be. That was emergency remote teaching. And just as your story indicates, Matt, like that scramble that we all yeah. felt and like, holy cow, the things that teachers yeah. and administrators did yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's continue amazing. to make and it continue. happen. We are not done. That's right, now. that's right. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so that's, I, I, I would gently, kindly push forward on that, that if, if we're gonna try to judge online learning based on this experience, yeah. this isn't it. This right. is no. not it. Right. No. This, is a, this is everyone doing the best they can. In a horrible in, situation. Yeah in, yeah, in a very unique context. Sorry. And I think, I think, too, like if you've been in a program that's designed online, you yeah. can very starkly see the differences. Well, right, because your program that right. you're just completing is Right. Was it was. It, and it, mine was a hybrid in some ways because we did meet face-to-face mm-hmm. for a week right away towards the beginning of the program, but all of our coursework was online. Right. Um, and like you said, when it's done well, like we, it was incredibly rich learning, right? That you could learn at the doctoral level that way. I think it can be scaffolded to all Mm -hmm. ages that gets difficult primary, right? Like, but I did have a first grader during the pandemic that it, it, she did really good things, right? Right. She learned some things. And so I think that's a really good point that we have to keep in mind. Um, my online learning experiences have all been phenomenal Yeah, yeah. yeah. as a student. It's interesting that you say that, Abby, because I have the, I have the uh, pleasure and the privilege of teaching both face to face and online. So I get to experience both. And I think w- one of the things that true confessions, like my, my back can get up a bit now. When I hear people talk about, in and I'm not talking about in an online pand- pandemic, I'm right. talking about like in a truly rich online mm-hmm. learning environment, that somehow the learning that happens in a face-to-face classroom is deeper or more important or that, you know, even relationally, it's, yeah. is richer than what happens online. And that that's I struggle with that because I think we I think not just me I think people I know who teach online work pretty hard to be very intentional not only about providing rich and meaningful learning experiences but also developing rich and meaningful relationships mm-hmm. definitely and and my experience like yours has been wow like I have some dear friends that I've created through online oh, learning absolutely. experience and will be dear and we'll be friends for a long time and professors who are, have become mentors. So I think part of it as I'm reflecting on this and Dave, maybe you can speak to it is, is somehow that, that a truly on like an online learning experience is substandard 
and face to face and I don't know like what what are your thoughts on that because yeah no because because that is yeah that has not been my experience as a professor or at least it doesn't my students can maybe say different but that has not been my experience but but I would would okay so in in the ed tech field this is an ongoing complaint that we we have about people denigrating as if no one has ever had a terrible face-to-face class experience Mm -hmm. right like we're holding this up as the gold standard Mm -hmm. it's like to, to imagine that online learning is some kind of monolith, that every online learning experience is the mm-hmm. same. Well, do you expect every face-to-face learning experience to be the same? No, of course not. Yeah. So there's actually this whole collection, um, going back to the 1940s, actually, yeah. of what we call media comparison studies. Yeah. And so, like today, we would say, is face-to-face better or is online learning better? Well, in the 40s, it was, is learning face-to-face better or is learning via radio better and like it's the same conversation yeah. right. they 70 years ago it depends years ago. the answer is always it, it depends. depends right yeah. and yeah can you have a terrible face-to-face experience yup can you have a terrible online learning experience yup mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be and, but it's not the medium that's right it's mm-hmm. not the medium and so the argument is it's kind of like the the delivery truck model right like we're, we're talking about the groceries that are inside the delivery truck like the quality of what you actually learn is the same like yeah. there's no significant Sorry, I'm gonna sound like a, a tech researcher for a second, but right, the, they call it the no significant, no significant difference phenomenon. The, mm-hmm. the, what you learn is the same. Like yeah. there's no significant difference statistically, it's mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Does that mean the experience is the same? Well, no, but yeah. face-to-face learning experiences are yeah. not the same. Yeah. So let's not set that up as some imaginary yeah. gold standard then. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I and I and so the learning is the same, and so the relationships are going to be different, of course, because they're gonna have a right. different. But that doesn't mean, again, it's going to be less than or more than. And I think that also depends on what you put into it, both as a professor and as a student, right? Like, Like, say, do I want to develop relationships with these students in an online environment? And there's different ways to do that. Like, absolutely. You know, like, I, and again, not that it has to be the way, but I know for myself, we meet every other Wednesday. Um, for for 90 minutes but part of that is check-in questions like even yeah. with adults check-in questions how are we doing breakout rooms where right. we're, we're developing relationships um, a couple weeks ago hey sign up for a 15 20 minute one-on-one zoom so i can just learn more about you like let's mm-hmm. build relationship mm-hmm. i i think you do things around i think you call them happy yeah, hours happy hour, right? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But the drinks are on you totally <laughs> totally <laughs> So, yeah. but no. but so there is different ways. Yeah. And I, interestingly, I've also found that I think I was kind of afraid with my program that because we started online and then we met face to face, I was kind of worried that those relationships wouldn't transfer mm-hmm. to like face to face situations right. and was completely wrong about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the people like people are people yes whether they are writing things or speaking right yeah. they're still yeah. them and so i have found that the relationships hold yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. I found something very similar. My doctoral program similarly was online. Mm-hmm. Um, we, while, while we were students, our professors encouraged us to all come to a particular conference. And so we did. A bunch of us came. Like eight people from my cohort came to this conference. Yeah. And so we'd already had a year of classes together, and we'd never met up face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd had, you know, Zoom meetings or, you know, we had a back channel that we kept in touch with them. Now I actually sit down and have a drink with somebody and say, well, you're the same person that you were. Right, exactly. Shockingly, shockingly, right? Shockingly. Shockingly. And I think so much of it comes back to our intentionality to communicate and Mm -hmm. our intentionality to become a community of learners, a community of inquiry together. 
And yeah, it, that, that, does that solve everything? Well, no, and like, like a face-to-face -face class, right? Is it possible for students to just kind of opt out and hang out in the background and try not to yeah. get called on? And mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Does it happen online? Sure. Mm -hmm. right? no, sure. So I don't know. Coming the back same to, problems exist in yeah, both places. That's right. Yeah. And and there's ways that we can address that on, on, as an instructor, right? Like, mm -hmm. are there ways you can build an assignment that it demands some sense of collaboration? Sure. Yeah. We do that in face-to-face -face classes. Mm -hmm. We can do that in online class mm -hmm. as well. Dave, yeah. Dave, one of my questions, I'm going to put you on the spot here then, is sure. if you think about, so you, you sort of noted the difference between like, the online learning in a pandemic versus like online learning, yeah. like in terms of, so if you think about, so now thinking not the pandemic, but just kind of online learning mm -hmm. environments, what for you would be some hallmarks or characteristics and like to make a program stronger, like kind of foundational yeah. pieces to, to a successful online learning environment? So I think one thing right away is the planning and preparation piece of it. We've got to plan really well. Can you build a plane while you're flying it? Yes. And I've done it. I've, I've taught an online course while I'm creating, so I'm just trying to stay two weeks ahead of the students. Way better uh, learning experience for both the instructor and the students, yeah. if you can build the thing before, yeah. right? Okay. So you can set clear learning targets and then align all of your instructional activities okay. to those targets and saying, yeah, we're gonna make sure we hit these targets. You can plan for the collaboration yeah. piece, you can plan for interaction that way. Um, so that would be one thing, you know, the planning and prep side. The second thing is, I think, an intentionality in the way that you design things yeah. so that there is lots of opportunity yeah. for collaboration, communication, yeah. um, using different channels. Um, today, boy, you know, 20 years ago, it was a different conversation with for online courses. Mm -hmm. It was almost all text-based, yeah. right? Um, and like it sounds funny to think like the world before YouTube, but YouTube has allowed for a lot more possibilities. Even in fact, I mean, not not just consuming videos, but the fact that we can pretty easily create our own videos yeah. now. So, yeah. for instructors, you can have a lot more social presence in your class by mm. just showing your face and like in mm -hmm. your own words, like students yeah. going. So that's something I prioritize. But then I do the same. I have my students create videos. So using Flipgrid, we talked about a couple yeah. weeks ago. That's a great tool. Uh, create short video clips where you can give a video prompt and the students can respond with video yeah. so they can see and hear each other, even asynchronously. We don't all have to log in at the same time, yeah. although that can be a great way to, yeah. to do it too. Um, I'm thinking about the our, our master's program that I teach in. Um, like Literally, this semester I've got students in, I'm quick counting, five different countries mm -hmm. around the world. Right. So it's impossible for us to have a yeah. time where we can all meet at the same time. And that's also the, the advantage, right? I, the question was, what's the place yeah. in the fabric of education, right? right. For online, and that's the beauty of online. Totally, totally. Right, so when it we think about like, we talked about how it's, how it's quality, right? Kind of defended it a little bit, but I don't think we've gone into like the advantages. That's right. Right? And, and to me, that is one of the big benefits, right? right? Like suddenly access becomes different, right? Instead right. of being constrained by time and space, there's a lot more opportunity for us right. to connect regardless of what time zone you're in. And yeah, so do you have to plan for that? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to plan a lot of synchronous, required synchronous activities because yeah. somebody's going to get up at two in the morning then. I'm like, no. that's, that's terrible. That's right. not a great learning experience. Right? That's not hospitable either. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. And then I guess the other thing is to think about assessment in an online um, learning experience, right? And I think a lot of times people immediately think, well, all I can do is like ask multiple choice questions on a time test or something like yeah. that. So I can try to control, you know, the, the outcomes. Of that. I think that's a terrible uh, especially if you get into like 
those testing programs that like yeah. watch students. Right. Like yeah, the I whole have a lot of questions about that. student surveillance piece. Right. Like I have right. concerns about that, and I know people want to you know maintain integrity of, of their testing or. But their, there are other forms of assessment well, that exactly. can work better. And and mm -hmm. I would say then to be really intentional is keep that learning term. What are you aiming for? Yep. What possible ways are there for students to demonstrate that they hit that target? And yeah. things that are going to be more project oriented, they're going to demand personalization of the response to it, that they're going to put themselves into right. the work and demonstrate that they have come away learning it. That, those are right. going to make it more enjoyable for the student. Yeah. And frankly, for me as a teacher, I uh -huh. much prefer Amen. to see students yeah. work when it's authentic, real work that they care about. Uh -huh. Yeah, but, but maybe that holds true also for face to face. I mean, like, I would like, make the argument. No, right? <laughs> like, I mean, in terms of, like, authentic assessment experiences, yeah, right? Like, that's right. So maybe maybe the question that we need to start asking is, what can we learn from online mm -hmm. that actually would be a benefit and a blessing to our face-to-face -face instead, sure. instead of saying, actually, what... What are we losing? What what can we what can we gain from online that might actually be transferable in face to face? And I'm wondering if assessments one of those pieces. I, I would say so. You know, we did we did a a podcast a few weeks ago about about protocols, right? Like you can use some of those in turn in online. Like we've done it in you know breakout rooms in terms of giving uh, kind specific helpful feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just think there's. If you're willing to be innovative and creative in person, I think that's also transferable to online. And it's sort of like, and if you're intentional with your relationship building in class, you're probably going to be intentional online. And that's so right. I think there's, I think there's more overlap there mm -hmm. than, than what, than what we realize. Friends, we know that your time is valuable and we want to thank you for playing around in the sandbox with us. We hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of this week. Finally, we'd like to send you into your day and week with this blessing. So to our listeners, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.